This episode of Command Edit is brought to you by Studio Network Solutions. Their Evo shared storage systems are for post-production workgroups ranging anywhere from one to four users, all the way to state-of-the-art post facilities with over a petabyte of storage. Every Evo includes their easy-to-use media management software for organizing, tagging, and finding your media across all of your storage devices, even external, local, and cloud services. On top of that, all of their Evo systems have native Avid project bin sharing, project locking for Adobe Premiere, library sharing for Final Cut Pro X, and a bunch of other workflow features you and your team will love. To learn more about Evo shared storage systems, visit studionetworksolutions.com slash command edit. Shall we get started? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. All right. Record cool. the intro later. Um, or... it's up to you. <laughs> what? I don't know. I mean, I can riff, you can riff, or we just need an intro. We just start talking. Sure. Or record it later. Sure, sure. Yeah. Fix it in post. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Two editors fixing their own stuff in post, but they know better. Between the two of us, somebody will fix this shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's good to be back on the mics. It is good to be back. It's uh, technically, for me anyways, this is the first bit of command edit I've had this year of the year yes. so far. Same here besides cutting our last episode and uh, I guess you posting it up by the time this one comes out. Uh, this will be our first real 2019 episode and uh, we got a good topic lined up. Uh, timely. This is like one of the first times we're, we're trying to like do like a timely episode. Yeah, I'm always not quite on the, I'm always like, you know, not quite on top of things. Holidays and really timely parts of the year come and go, and as soon as they're upon us, like Halloween or Christmas, that's when I get the brilliant idea. Oh, it would be so good to do a, an episode, you know, time for this. We should record this now, and it won't come out till after the holiday, so what's the point? So, for once, it's a yes. holiday that I don't even bother celebrating. Oh, so um, so for me, so uh, spoiler, uh, we're going to be talking about love movies since uh, our, our grand idea is to have this come out right around Valentine's Day or a little before Valentine's Day. But for me, um, Valentine's Day, I actually hate it, not because of the love thing or anything like that. It's my birthday's the day before. <laughs> so, right. so how you do know, you yeah. I, I mean, me and my, my wife and I have been together for like a decade and and, you know, it's always my birthday. And yeah. then midnight hits, automatically, it, it's all about her. So she's <laughs> often really quick, like, yeah, yeah, happy birthday, happy birthday. Three, <laughs> yep. two, one. Okay, now it's all about me. Yep. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Valentine's Day, yeah, whatever. Uh, but uh, I think we got a good topic, talk about love movies, you know, two, you know, uh, guys in their 30s talking about love movies. It's... Absolutely. It's what we do all the time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right? I, got a be I have a beer at least. Yeah, well, I got, uh, I have a beer glass. Beer glass. Oh, right, you have your... Uh, Non-alcoholic uh, clear liquid. Yeah. For everybody who can't see, Nick has like a 50-ounce stein filled with water. Uh, that would be 60 ounces, you uh, wacky so, oh, American. You, do you know... Yeah. So you you know what an ounce is? Well, I know there's 60 of them in here. That's all I know. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I'm definitely still drinking water because, uh, fun fact, uh, I am coming off of one of the hardest bouts of sickness, illness I, that I've that's hit me in like the last decade, I swear. Hmm. You almost lost me. Like, I, I was almost wiped off of the face of the earth. It, yeah. was, it, uh, was, it was that close. So That won't be good for the listeners because uh, Nick knows all the passwords to everything. Exactly. You'd be locked <laughs> out. <laughs> Everything's on my hard drive over here. But one of the benefits is that I'm still in that post-sickness phase where like, well, I'm healthy, but the voice is just like a teensy bit smoother and just a teensy bit deeper. So good timing. Yeah. <laughs> I got to re-record my outgoing voicemail message quick. Oh, uh, see, I, I, um, I mean, dude, we're I'm going way off topic. I don't have anything on my voicemail. You have nothing? Do you want me to record, record something for you? No, no. I don't want anybody to know uh, my name. You know, you, if they call me and leave a message. You have reached Joshua Short. <laughs> Social security number. <laughs> <laughs> the access codes to his bank account are as follows. <laughs> All right. So awesome. uh, talk, talking about love movies, uh, do we have a, a place where we want to start? Or like, 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 do we want to, like, like, what makes a good love movie or a romance movie or a rom-com what do you got man like the act of love making itself i'd say we just dive into it uncontrollably with absolutely no <laughs> step-by-step sequence to follow whatsoever i mean that's how i do it and i've had limited <laughs> success in my life um but uh yeah i've got i can speak of some experience i've had a couple lovey-dovey scenes in my past that i've had to cut together um granted since people you know, fans of us may know that most of my IMDb credits are horror movies, and so inevitably there's usually some, you know, lovey intimate scenes hidden away in some horror movies, as it goes. Um, and uh, in a couple of web series, or you know, there's we have to have the interactions of lovers, and so ha- you know, to create that connection, that spark between two characters, and so yeah, we've got a couple of examples that will. Uh, pull for you and uh, talk about it a little bit in depth uh, a couple scenes that we are fans of um but uh, what about uh, your experience have you ever had star-crossed lovers on your computer monitors uh so as as long-time listeners know i mean 99.999 percent of my work is all you know non-fiction or, or, or marketing training whatever you want to call it and uh my my one real true like professional narrative um work that i've done it uh web series comedy and i had one scene not romantic but it was flirting so just uh just like uh, uh somebody trying to flirt with somebody else to to get them to to buy something oh so um, it wasn't one of those uh like sexual harassment in the workplace no 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 no, <laughs> no 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 so this is this is straight narrative um but it was so gosh darn hard for me to edit so difficult about it uh i mean i just never never worked with with this type of with rome trying to get you know um in in this case it was is a a woman uh flirting with a man and the man uh being super receptive to it and and giving in to you know this this sales meeting and it was just uh it was supposed to be awkward and it (laughs) felt awkward and it felt awkward for me to cut it uh, but it ended up turning out really well. Uh, at least I think it did. And then the client loved it, and people thought it was funny. Hmm. Cool. But, oh. hmm. man, I mean, uh, props to the editors who, like, have to do this. 
like all the time uh, i don't know i've never really found it super awkward to to cut scenes like that together because really when we were talking about scenes of intimacy whether it's flirting or whether it's straight on you know huggada huggada then it's about establishing a connection between the two characters and you know especially if it's like a first date uh as in one of the examples that we'll pull from in a second it's about establishing the the ping pong style of conversation that they're having or if it's not a conversation body language you know those eye looks or the like the subtle touches or if they're playing footsie under the table uh, you know, as they ask more serious questions, do you, you know, do we all, you know, get drawn closer to the characters or further away? So it's about that ballet of the relationship uh, during the scene. Um, whereas, I got, actually, I'll take it a step back. So the huggada huggada scenes, any of the sex scenes, it's more like choreography, actually. Hmm, <laughs> um, okay. Depending on the style of the scene, there's been a few, but. Um, the one that comes to mind that I've had to do uh, is from the movie Bite, which was uh, about two, three years ago now. Um, so if anybody looks up the trailer for that, it's a you know, you know, uh, couple go on a vacation, girl gets bit, comes back, transforms into a creature. So it's a love story, but uh, they there's a scene where they are uh, you know getting down to the bed and they're starting to get a little bit more into it and. You know, things, you know, just before things get a little bit too fun, all of a sudden things, you know, stop. A horrific thing happens. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But uh, I remember on the day that they were filming that, it there was a lot of improvisation of what's going on, of, you know, how they approach it, which then, when it came to editing time, made it a whole bucket of fun because, okay, they never followed any certain pattern like they did it every, all the actions differently each and every single time so for me for that instance i was trying to match up the movements a lot with the cutting i wasn't trying to cut through the sequence and like uh, okay. flash forward so i was just trying to keep it rather consistent so you're going for continuity rather than like sp like a sporadic editing you know i was at the time and also yep. to make it you know you have to imply what's going on when mm -hmm. they're not actually doing it, you know. Yeah. They both had underwear on, so everything below the waist was like, yeah, can't show that. So it's about implying the act of like what's going on, where and trying not to make it seem clunky. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. that's that was my focus for that time around, but uh, not always the case. There have been other lovemaking scenes where you don't have to pay attention to continuity. You can jump all over the place because, you know. I don't know about you, but a romp in the sack, there's no continuity when I do it. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, we kind of we kind of um, didn't even make it to first base. We just went all all the way around the bases to home. Again, but, that's uh, how I do it. it that's it, it. <laughs> limited success <laughs> directly to home plate. <laughs> I bunt the ball, and then I just take a foot off home base and step back. That's all. That's how I do it. Uh, that's not how baseball works. But uh... damn it. <laughs> but if we were to uh, try, try to move from home to first, uh, naturally, you have to go on a first date. And I think that might be a good place for us to move on to next. Sure. So we all love our Whiplash movies. Uh, you know, Whiplash is uh, a fan favorite over here. If you guys haven't seen it, shut this podcast off. Go watch it. For God's sake, what's wrong with you? Uh, yeah, we talked about it maybe episode, I don't know, 
35, 45, 50, something like that. 58 to 83. Like, yeah. 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 Every single one. Uh, but uh, one of the things that doesn't get commented on very often is uh, the, it, the the scenes where the lovely Melissa Benoit is uh, featured. Where is all, she also plays Supergirl on uh, CW, but uh, she's also, you know, in my thoughts constantly. Yes. So uh, this is the this is the love interest of the main character. She is a love interest. So if anybody isn't aware of the movie, the entire time uh, we're following around the main character. Every scene features the main character on every single. Uh, it, you, we never really step away from. Him. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Uh, I think it, it, I feel like there's one part where uh, the teacher. Um, we have a couple scenes with him by himself. No, I feel like there is one or two. No, no, no. Believe no? it or not, every, he is in every single scene. Miles Teller uh, mm-hmm. is in eb- every single scene of that movie. There was originally one scene shot without him that featured just J.K. Simmons. Yes, and, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, that was ultimately. <clears throat> I can't remember what happened in it, but I remember that it was cut because it was the only scene that didn't have miles teller like this is going to be weird it's the one scene in the movie that he's not in it so we want to follow <laughs> him throughout this entire thing interesting uh, so miles teller plays this drummer obsessed with being the best the best of the best of the best in the world and he's going to become legendary even if it kills him and uh at the theater one day he comes across this girl working behind the uh, uh working behind the cash machine and he's intrigued so he asks he's feeling pretty up about himself i've had a really good day drumming so I'm going to ask her out, and he goes out on a date with her. And during the date, it's just a talking conversation between the two of them. We've got a video on the link that we'll share with you where it's actually a really cool editing breakdown, scene by, you know, shot by shot breakdown between the two, uh, which explains not, it's not for the original editor, so it's this user's uh, thoughts about, you know, how we're, you know, going from wide to medium to close up and what's influencing all these decisions. But it's that scene is as vanilla as it comes it's two people talking across a table it consists of a wide a couple mediums a couple close-ups and that's it yeah and it and it's the same medium shot the same close-up um and they just cut back and forth between it but uh but it works pretty well yeah and that's for me that's always that's always the challenge like how do you take something so bare bones simple as a conversation with standard coverage and how do you make that interesting and yeah, like I don't even think there's like an over the shoulder in this one scene. Uh, no, I don't recall if there is. Yeah, there's one in the following scene that we'll talk about. Right. Um, so, but not in this initial first date scene. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, there are a couple over the shoulders. Oh, are there? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but, but still, I mean, it's fairly basic in terms, uh, and it, it's just dialogue. Um, yeah. You know, they're not, you know cutting back to, to memories of the stuff that they're talking about or anything like that. Um, it's just a guy and a girl talking at a restaurant. It's the same awkward conversation that you have on a first date when you talk about, so, what do you do? What do I do? What school do you go to? Oh, that's interesting. And, you know, trying to make a, establish a connection, seek out a connection if it is there. And uh, I've gone on many first dates, and so uh, I can attest to how awkward that conversation is. Uh, not trying not trying to humble brag but like i i don't remember having a first date you really know? <laughs> yeah uh, it, never had any good ones or bad ones eh 
I, I mean, it was probably high school. Yikes. Well, well, <laughs> I guess that makes sense for you. It's, but, it's been yeah. a while, man. It's been a while. So, <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I don't mean I to humble like brag, but I, I've been on a ton of first dates. <laughs> Not too many second ones. but <laughs> So I get to live vicariously through the movies and just trust that what they're saying is accurate about first dates. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, well, trust me, it doesn't go. It doesn't go like this. It's just as awkward for me. It's just as awkward as this. But then we say, okay, well, ooh, I gotta go. See you later. And she looks at her phone and then she bails. I mean, I, I think that's what everybody does, though. Um, but in this, you know, in the standard covers that you have, uh, I always love conversations because that's where it becomes infinite possibilities of, okay, when do we move in? When do we move out? When do we? You know, you can speed up the tempo of the conversation. You can slow it down. So it's, you know, trying to make it sound and look natural, but also cue up those points where, okay, this is, uh, all right, he's asked a really serious question. Now we're going to move in closer. He's, uh, you know, as soon as he starts, uh, as soon as Miles Teller starts talking about, uh, oh, well, what do you do? You know, what do you do for passion? What do you do for, you know, for study what school do you go to that's the stuff that he's really into so then movie gets tighter you know the angle starts to get tighter in on him and her it starts to get a little bit serious when the conversation goes cold it moves out so it's very basic stuff but it's also it's it's the the basic stuff that i find is always hardest to master right i think and and again this is just outsider editor perspective uh, as i just read my whole resume of editing um you know love scenes but uh but like nick just said um you know cutting in back and forth uh showing the distance between them i think that's one of the two most powerful things you could do and the other thing is just mess with the the timing uh how much pause do you give before they give their answer uh and how much pause do you give before you know you get the reaction from the person Mm -hmm. you know i feel like that that could tell an awful lot um you know good or bad right whereas on the contrast on the second date or i don't even know if there was we don't we don't we're not really given the idea of if there was a second third or fourth date but Mm -hmm. uh the next time we see these characters uh, you know some short term time has passed and uh you know the way the shooting style the visual style of this has changed and now it consists of two tracking shots uh two dolly movements one starts close up on miles steadily pulls out as he's breaking it down to her very coldly very calculated you know he's not a very he's not a charming guy he's not smiling anymore he's breaking down to her okay here's why we can't go out anymore i'm breaking up with you i want to be the best drummer in the world and you're going to hold me back and very matter of factly and you know that's cut opposite of this dolly shot dolly shot uh, closing in on her face on uh, melissa's face as she slowly she starts to digest this you know proverbial smack in the face so we get tighter and tighter on her as you know her expression your her trembling lip comes in as it starts to eat away at her what you know uh, what words are coming out of his mouth and it's a very cold scene and it's just those two shots until she gets up to leave where we cut out to the wide and it's back to cold territory and the distance between the two of them and he's left by himself so again very simple stuff but uh you know, it's influenced by the uh, the direction, uh, you know, for the uh, cinematography, and then, you know, by those simple choices, cutting back and forth uh, as mm-hmm. he's delivering this cold information, and it's slowly seeping into into her head. Yeah, how much can you do with two shots in a conversation? Yeah, plus yeah. also, 
when you have two people who are acting as well as this, you know, when you got the performance, let it breathe. Let it, you know, you don't have to fancy it up. If you're lucky enough to have people who are acting and, you know, having the emotion come through on their face, let it, let it ride. So I love that. Those two sequences, that's all we see of her. Uh, I think that, you know, I believe that's all we see of her that you know, from that entire movie. But that's, you know, you, you get so much uh, in those two short interactions between the two of them. That says a lot about Miles's uh, character where, you know, he could be charming, but then he just naturally reverts back to, nope, I, I got to I'm a drumming machine and that's all I want to be. Yeah, so um, off topic, but uh, kind of on topic, J.K. Simmons, if you guys, uh, I have a show I want to recommend for a original, unique story. J.K. Simmons is in Counterpart. Uh, I think it's on Stars or Showtime. It's on one of the two, uh, huh. one of the premium channels. Uh, but Counterpart with J.K. Simmons, uh, highly re- recommend on the story um not it doesn't give anything away but uh jk simmons he plays two different characters and he's fantastic that's again almost anything like you know absolutely anything for me he's one of the names like if he's in it i'll watch it Mm -hmm. done Mm -hmm. even if he's just doing a lousy cameo as commissioner gordon in justice league (laughs) which was just why bother (laughs) yeah uh, you're in the dc ones man i'm uh no oh yeah absolutely dc's got the most love come on uh off topic do you do you watch aquaman absolutely i watched aquaman (laughs) watched it twice Uh, um so i mean we didn't plan to talk about this was there a love story involved eh there was but you don't go to you don't go to aquaman to see the love story okay (laughs) okay no uh yeah we don't have to really have to go maybe we'll go into it later on maybe we should do just like a comic book episode and get it all out of our system or something like that but uh yeah, if you guys okay, did all right, see... All right, another timely one, we'll do one right for uh, Endgame. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Endgame, for okay. sure. Yeah. All right. Um, Somebody remind us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Aquaman, you don't go for the love story. It's a, It knows exactly what it is. It's a fun romp of, you know, Aquaman, the you know, commander of the ocean, talks to fish, and, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's comic book goodness. Yeah. Yeah, so what about you? You got any fave romance scenes? Romance scenes? Uh, yeah. I mean, I prefer, like, like, you know, um... What are, what are some romantic... You you and the wifey, you gotta sit down from time to time, and, sh- you know, sh- between the two of you, you got some uh, chick flicks that you... Uh, is chick flick even a, a term we can use in 2019? I don't think so. Romance. I love chick flick. R- I, I, rom-com. Yeah. If we're doing away with that term, so be it. I, I won't miss it, but... <laughs> yeah rom-com there we go yes um so um you know surprisingly she's she's not into the rom-coms so uh i lucked out on that one yeah yeah but But i do know we we did uh you know we watched uh like a walk to remember i think i slept through the notebook way back when Hmm. you know how do you sleep through the notebook dude um i did you know i was probably 20 years old and didn't nuts to that man that's a cut you the notebook that's that that should be on everybody's to watch list absolutely okay i mean okay i will say i like uh the proposal we're gonna talk about things in the last 10 15 years for romantic comedies the proposal 
the uh, Ryan Reynolds, right? He's in that one. Nope, never did that one. Uh, I think it's him and Sandra Bullock. Uh, that one's good. <laughs> uh, yep, I, I, I'm not sure if I'll add that one to my list. I'm yeah, like, I but, like um, I like my Ryan Reynolds when he's dressing up as Deadpool, but that's about it. <laughs> oh, but uh, you had a you sent me over an interesting scene uh, from a, a movie that I guess you wouldn't consider a love movie, would you? Requiem for a Dream. Oh, it's a sickly love movie. It de- it definitely depends on how you choose to define that movie. Uh, first of all, it's a movie that uh, will haunt you. <laughs> um, not your stereotypical uh, love movie. This is more about the pursuit of happiness of four characters and how absolutely downright tragic it becomes. By the end, your heart is just torn up and in pieces and stomped on the ground. It is a bit brutal, but uh, certainly not Valentine's Day fair. But screw it, we will throw it in our Valentine's Day episode. Yeah, um, but uh, but the scene you sent over, um, and the scene we'll, we'll link in the show notes, um, it's an interesting love scene because it's not the standard, um, you know, romance, two talking heads, whatnot. It, it's a split screen. And it's kind of sporadic, and uh, but it gets a point across. Right. So for those unawares, uh, for the uninitiated, uh, it stars Jared Leto and Jennifer Connelly as uh, these two very cutesy young lovers uh, who also have a, a, a very nasty drug habit uh, that starts out very recreational at the beginning and proceeds to sort of tear their lives apart by the very end. But uh, in the beginning, it's very much, you know, they're relationship is a lot more up in the clouds it's you know it's a lot more innocent there's no tragedy to it yet that doesn't set in until the movie starts to really get rolling uh but uh they constantly plan their lives together they're definitely head over heels for each other and uh this one scene in particular that i chose to pull out which of course will be included in the links uh, the editor, Jay Rabinowitz, uh, he also does a breakdown of it, uh, talking about how it was a, originally shot. Parts of the movie were shot because Darren Aronofsky, the director, really was a fan of the split screen uh, effect of some scenes. And uh, I can't remember if this scene of these two characters in bed uh, doing pillow talk, just talking to each other back and forth. Uh, was intended to be split screen or if uh, yeah, Jay mentions yeah we just sort of like made some of these scenes into split screen in post they weren't really shot that way but uh, it's a way of you know simultaneously it establishes the connection between these two but also the split that definitely is is there and will become ever present as the movie carries forward how they're with each other but they're definitely not they're separate but together at the same time you know even as they're uh enjoying this intimate moment between each other and it's again one of those haunted images from the movie that uh will just start to pick away at you like "Eh, something's not quite right here and you know your mind may be able to tell where this is going to go uh by the movie's end but uh oh yeah definitely don't take your your significant other to, to sit down and watch this movie if you're intending to you know move this into the bedroom following if you're tending to watch a romantic movie to butter up your significant other don't watch this one (laughs) you won't (laughs) talk uh, to each other for a few minutes (laughs) 
But if you were going to edit one, uh, this might be a way, if, you know, you know that they're going to break up in the end, you know, um, all art is uh, derivative, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. It is, uh, it lives up to the cerebral style of the rest of the movie. Uh, the split screens go, you know, pretty much stay on these two characters' faces for the entire time while they're having this conversation, but then it throws in a couple of, uh, you know, the right side of the screen will start cutting to close-ups of, like, fingers on skin, that sort of thing. Uh, so it uh, definitely adopts the style of the rest of the movie. If you if you watch the rest of the movie, they do some crazy stuff with uh, that body rig uh, uh, during some scenes where it's the that camera that it's... it's uh, back before they had cameras that were very lightweight. I can only imagine how hefty this thing was. Uh, it was uh, a rig that you know, set that camera with a close-up fisheye right in front of the character's face. So even if they're running, the camera always follows the, uh, the movement of the character's head. So the character's face will stay fixed in the frame and the world appears to move around it. It's wild. It's crazy. Um, and uh, I think I saw behind the scenes of one of those rigs once. It is pretty crazy. It looks like a archaic mechanical uh medical device you know a, oh wow and brace. it just rests it yeah. just rests on the actor's shoulders yeah it's basically like a brace that attaches to the shoulders and waist it's like a full body harness with like legs and arms that's you know that stick out and hold this camera in front of this person i'm sure the it, i'm sure it was a bitch to act with yeah <laughs> but uh i'm assuming they're they're much lighter now well now it's like here here's a gopro you won't yeah. even feel it. <laughs> that is true. Or yep, yep. or Buddy's gonna run in front of you with the Ronin or something, you know. <laughs> oh, oh man, who led the uh, that market? I guess for the big shoulder rig that kind of went out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so speaking of maybe things that are maybe out of style now, uh, the editing of the Titanic scene on the edge of the ship. Yeah, let's move into super cheese territory. Yeah. How many times? Have, how many times did you see Titanic in the theaters? In the theaters, no. None. I was too. I was too young. I was. Uh, I was too young when it came out. Too young. How old were you when it came out? Uh, young. What? When did it come out? Ninety-eight. Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. So I was nine or ten. Nine or ten. Okay. Yeah. Is yeah. it rated R? I, who? No. God, I can't remember. But it also seems like one of those it. movies that, when it came out, parents would have seen as, oh, this is too. It's not really a bad movie, and it's too important of a movie milestone. That so we ha we had the VHS. Oh, the VHS, like the double VHS, yeah. the yeah. double VHS. I still got that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I remember uh, it was a movie that was pretty. Like I remember, I was fairly young when it came out too. I remember that was the first time that I saw. Basically, or I, I was, you know, invited. I was. It was allowed uh, to to see a movie with nudity. Yeah. So it's PG thirteen. It so, is okay. Uh, for, I couldn't remember because at the time. For the record. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, because Kate Winslet did the noon scene and that made a lot of press. And also, it's a very, very dark event. There's a lot of deaths in it. So, I, for a second there, I thought it could be R. But, anyways, uh, yeah, that was, you know, at, at the time, it did make headlines because, yeah, Kate Winslet did the scene nude and 
uh oh that means i could I, you know i was going to talk about the bow scene but shit we should talk about the yeah the couch the drawing scene yeah we can do that too yeah because that's yeah. that's way 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 better um uh, but for uh for reference i probably haven't seen this movie in 17 oh, years right. But but I know it. Well, I know quickly it. to I get the talk. quickly to get the I'm flying scene out of the way. The bow scene that we're talking <laughs> about uh, probably occurs halfway through, but it's that first. It's the scene that I, I was mentioning before we recorded. On paper, and when you describe it to people, it it should not work. It's super super cheesy. It's the scene where uh, you know Rose and uh, Leo they're on the bow, and it's the scene where she says I'm flying, and you know he puts her up on the bow and says close your eyes or right, open them, and you know she you know pretends that she's flying and yeah i remember watching that thinking how are people not laughing this is ridiculous this is soap opera stuff but but you know what it, it's so cheesy um that you know it, people copy it you know it's popular culture now you oh, know sure. I, yeah. I i think i've seen it in family guy things like that <laughs> yeah yeah it's been lampooned all over the place it's even out of style now like if people if people did that reference you know millennials would just like you, you know the younger generation they'd have no idea what they're talking about yeah but uh uh yeah so and you know we, we were going to break that one down i i just the only thing i was going to point out about it is is uh yeah like when you're given that sort of material i would be so afraid of oh how do i cut this together so it doesn't come off as you know uh oscar Beatty, uh you know you know romance scene i'm trying to manipulate the audience into you know getting into the romance i just want it to be not cheap. like how do you avoid that if you're given hammy dialogue that's a, a scary situation to be in or you know when they start to sing to each other or do something ridiculous when it's not you know when they when they perform and act like i'm gonna sing and dance in front of you a la you know 10 things i hate about you or something like that it's like how do you then avoid uh how do, how do i make the people not laugh at this not you know in a cringy way i want them to get on board with this i want to win them over with this and so the challenge with that it's uh i don't know <laughs> i have a feeling there are a lot of editors who just like oh how can i cut around a lot of this dialogue romantic dialogue must be really really difficult to write <laughs> but uh yeah so anyways if we fast forward to the scene later on in the movie for those who again who are not familiar with the movie there's a a scene that you know titanic was very known for at the time was uh seen between the two main characters where they've been having this budding relationship over the over the course of the story and uh, uh leonardo dicaprio a very young leo plays this uh, uh, uh jack who is an artist and so he proposes to draw actually i think I believe it's kate Winslet's character who says i want you to draw me like one of your french girls and so she invites him into her room and they set up uh, he does like boudoir style sketches of naked French women and stuff. So, you know, he sets up the couch and she walks in with, you know, the sachet robe and they try to laugh and, you know, laugh off the awkwardness. And it, they do play it up like uh, it is awkward. It's the first time I'm going to see you naked scene, you know, that people uh, actually experience in real life. So, leo this professional like as soon as the rope drops it you know there's a moment of silence between but you know there's actually a funny moment that wasn't intentional that made it in where leo was actually really anxious about the scene and on the day he forgot his line and so he goes to tell her finally he breaks the silence by saying okay i'm gonna need you 
over on the couch and he accidentally the actor accidentally says bed so of course corrects him and says you know you know lie down now on the bed the couch the mean and it made it into the movie uh but they set up that you know the scene is set up where they do uh you know as soon as she drops the robe there is that long silent musicless moment of exchange between the two people where even the audience member i remember in the audience you know at the time you know in that that theater everybody was feeling the same thing like what's gonna happen next who's gonna make the next move like now what and i just remember that silence being dragged out and like eating away at people and it was delicious it was awesome (laughs) so silence naked body makes tension yes yep and now you have my recipe for romance right there (laughs) awkward silent tension yes um yeah i'm i guess i i guess uh, i guess i'm saying there shouldn't be any words in romantic movies (laughs) i like my i like my romance movies quiet just bunt and then step back on home exactly play. yeah always <laughs> bunt <laughs> yeah <clears throat> okay so um i think we had one more leo movie we were gonna get into i didn't mean to put two leo movies on the list <laughs> oh but this this is like super young leo yeah that is it's pre-titanic leo as well but yes. it's the classic story it's romeo and juliet which did you ever watch? I think we watched this in like my grade eight. Uh, I feel like I did too. I feel like I did too. I I don't don't remember though. Really? But it'll sound right. Like we watched it in school. Yeah. I can't remember if we watched this one or the olden one. I can't remember which, but I remember everybody did Romeo and Juliet in in like grade eight lit class. That was the story that everybody got to read. Yeah, and it's probably time for another remake. Oh God! Don't say that too loud. No, 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 no. It's been remade. I think it's. I think it does actually hold a record. I think it's like the most remade movie ever. Yeah. Ugh! Don't so don't say that too loudly. Um, <laughs> but uh, of course, when you tackle this, you know, uh, at the time, you know, and still, Romeo and Juliet is one of the most well-known movies. Or stories period everybody's heard mm-hmm. of it everybody knows it um so of course when doing like a modern adaptation of it which again on paper what the hell are they smoking you know i remember hearing about you know a friend of mine went to go see it and came back and this is the time where you know movies would come out and you wouldn't know anything about them until you went and saw them like you know no news followed and uh it's a modern adaptation but with all of the same Shakespearean language retained in it. And I remember my friend coming back from the theater saying, yeah, they all talk Shakespeare stuff. And I, I remember <laughs> and, uh, thinking, really? That's so weird. So uh, is, is it word for word? Is it all, uh, is it uh, iambic pentameter? Sure. Did I just butcher that? <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> it's all It's all Shakespearean dialogue. So I think they cut some of it here and there. Boz Lerman directed it. So I think he chopped up some of the dialogue and some of the longer speeches. I'm sure he got rid of. But uh, yeah, they all, they all talk like a Shakespeare. And, but you wouldn't know it in the one scene where Romeo and Juliet finally meet and actually, you know, stars finally cross. 
uh, because it's this costume party uh, that Romeo's crashing, and the scene in particular is just set to music. Uh, I can't remember the name of the artist or anything like that, but it's you know this performance of this lovely woman on stage, the this love ballad, and meanwhile uh, Romeo is in the men's room, inexplicably that you know the men's room shares a wall with the ladies room and the wall itself is a clear aquarium because <laughs> that makes the most sense in the world so he as he's observing you know this aquarium and looking at all the colorful fishies swimming all over the place uh that's where we get our first glimpse or, you know uh, not our first glimpse but he gets his first glimpse of juliet you know and it starts with a close-up shot of her eye, so it really is love at first sight going on there. And the entire scene, which is only maybe two or three minutes long, is, again, I'm a fan of wordless scenes, it's completely dialogueless uh, of them just staring at each other, but it's again, goes through stages of they're at first in awe of each other, so they're, they both stare, then the awkwardness of the stare kicks in, and they both you know, start to look away and start to break it off a little bit, so it goes from these close close-ups to, oh, this is so weird, back out to the two-shot and just, you know, to the wide. and But then they lock eyes once again, and it's this ballet of, you know, eye connection between the two of them. Then they get a little bit more playful. He, like, bumps his face up against the, the aquarium and makes her laugh. And so it's this flirty body language in this uber-language-heavy movie, this Shakespeare-language-filled script. Uh... Boz, you know, chose to have these two characters wordlessly meet each other, and uh, it totally were it. You know, if you ever, if you were a child of the '90s, and uh, you would probably immediately know what scene I'm talking about because it was one of the scenes that really stood out. Um, so I don't know if you remember much of this this movie at all. <laughs> Vague. But uh, my question, so Romeo and Juliet, mm -hmm. Requiem for a Dream, Whiplash, uh, they all kind of have this, like, like, like tragic part, the, the tragic parting of the people. And I feel like love stories, it's, it's either we get a tragic parting or a tragic parting and they get back together. We, th those are the only two options for a quote-unquote love story, love movie. Oh, sure. There's never... Save for uh, save for one movie, which also doesn't really belong in a Valentine's Day list. Yeah, there's there's because there's no fun, there's no emotion in a uh, in a romance movie where you know they meet the characters meet each other and go, hey, I fancy you, let's get married, and they do. Mm -hmm. The end. Right, right. So I mean, you definitely need that that thing that 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 wedge that tears them apart at some point and it's either going to tear them apart to destruction or tear them apart only to bring them crashing back together mm -hmm. yeah and it's always yeah a ballet of emotions going back and forth between these two uh without it seeing seeming stereotypical or forced you know uh you know it gets botched like all genres do Every, you know people who who believe that they understand it will set out to write a romance script and then have the characters break up over something really pointless but yeah it's it's tough to fabricate that emotion onto the screen and not have it be super cheesy so dare i say it's i 
anybody, almost anybody can do horror, almost anybody can do action, almost anybody can attempt comedy, <laughs> but uh, you, you rarely hear of like indie filmmakers setting out to do a romance movie, you know, a rom-com maybe, but just a straight up romance, it's, yeah, it's a tough, tough genre to, to go tackle. Yeah, so uh, I think kind of to close us up, uh, I got a couple top top love movie, top romance movie lists mm-hmm. from the internet, um, and uh, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll just read them off. So Google, um, our internet overlords, uh, they say the I'll, I'll do the top twelve from Google, starting with twelve and going down. Uh, a Walk to Remember, mm. Pretty Woman, Dirty Dancing, Brokeback Mountain, mm. Gone with the Wind. Before Sunrise, Love Actually, Casablanca, Love Story, number three, When Harry Met Sally, number two, your favorite, Titanic, Whoop. and number one, your other favorite, The Notebook. Ah, there you go. So that's Google, and then uh, I found, I just searching, this one seemed okay, uh, Empire Online, uh, their their website had uh, like the top 50 listed in there their top 10 uh number 10 uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind oh, something yeah, yeah. that's always been on my list to watch and i i think netflix took it off so i don't know the next time i'll oh, get a chance to see seek it that one out dude it's yeah yeah it's something special i know i'm i, I like jim carrey yeah yeah jim yeah. carrey michelle gondry like it's yeah yeah that's that's a, a movie that any other director i can't see doing like that's distinctly got every every movie that godry does but yeah, yeah it's a it's a must watch yeah so moving down the list number nine jerry Maguire. number eight before sunset um i think that, yeah that was on the list uh, as number seven for google uh number seven for empire online is annie hall number six true romance uh, number five the princess bride number four mm. four weddings and a funeral number three brief encounter which i've never heard of um, number two, Casablanca, and number one, When Harry Met Sally. Uh, admittedly, I've never seen where When Harry Met Sally. Have you? Yeah, I haven't either. That's uh, been one I'm, I just, I'm guilty. I it's, it's at the top of so many people's lists, but yes, Empire Online's list. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> not mine. I just, but I know the one, the one Meg Ryan scene. Of course, everybody knows the one. Yes, everyone, the, the restaurant scene, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most romantic scene i've ever seen in my life yes but uh, of course yeah princess bride is another one that yeah is up there and deservedly should i think it should be a little bit higher because that not only is a fantastic romantic movie but a fantastic everything movie every genre <laughs> uh but uh yeah. yeah again cheesy love story we could break that one down as well but uh yeah, yeah. so so you you guys uh, send us your list. Well, what are your maybe top three, top five love movies or, or love scenes, rom-com scenes, or as Nick likes to bluntly say, chick flick scenes, even though we can't say that. Hey, yeah, don't you know, throw me under the bus there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we gotta, we're the ex- we got to put the explicit on just because of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you got a scene that gets you all hot and bothered, then yeah, send us over, send it over to us. Uh, you can send us a link over on Twitter. We'll we'd love to check it out uh, if it's worthy of breaking down, and also talk about your favorite parts of it. What uh, what exactly do you love about that scene that you know stands out about how it's been constructed together? Uh, anyways, and uh, we hope that you guys have enjoyed uh, this breakdown of a couple of uh, the world's best romantic scenes and uh, a little bit about 
you know how <laughs> how you can like me construct a really awkward sex scene um <laughs> granted i've got a long ways to go uh i really do need i would love to have more experience because uh yeah editing together uh romance scenes as i said it's all about you know establishing the connection between the two people and balancing out the beats and it's yeah it's it's a, a challenge because it's if uh if you don't pull it off, it becomes super cheesy, and the audience laughs, and it's not for the good good reason. Like uh, if you don't pull off a horror movie scare, uh, you know you never want it to be cheesy. You always want to sucker the you know the lovebirds of the audience in, and uh, make them fall in love with your scene. So, uh, and likewise, if you've ever if you've got an example of something of a love scene that you've constructed together, send it on over so we can take a look at it. We'd love to take a peek. Yeah, put it up in our uh, Facebook group, and we'll all uh, give our constructive criticism and not tear you down oh yes our facebook group our our yeah. oh so beloved facebook group which we have to return back to if you would love yeah. to interact with the podcast and its listeners and its non-listeners as well then jump on over to facebook type in command edit podcast join our group uh come join the fun there's a bunch of helpful people over there that uh would love to answer any questions that you'd have about post-production filmmaking and also you can leave some lovely comments about how we did about this episode so yeah. uh, I think that just about finishes us up here. Uh, thank you guys once again for returning to us for 2019 and pressing play, plugging us into your ears. We really appreciate it. Hopefully this now puts you into the mood. Go hug and kiss your significant other. Take them out for a lovely Valentine's Day dinner and, you know, whatever may follow after that. Uh, or don't do the dinner and just bunt and go right back yeah, to home. Yeah, just do what I do. Bunt for safety and, yeah, just, just go right for home plate. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm so alone. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys once again. Uh, subscribe to get our future episodes and join us next time on the podcast. Until next time, I'm Nick. And I'm Josh. And you're in love. <laughs> See ya. See ya. See ya.